0: What is author marketing mastery through optimization, you ask? I'm going to tell you. It's the best way for us authors to make a living selling our books. Are you tired of hearing gurus tell you your book is only good enough to be a lead magnet for services? Are you tired of feeling like you have to be a slave to social media and then frustrated when that time doesn't actually help you sell books? I was too, until I found Ammo. Ammo is the only program that reliably produces results. And it works for anyone. Is it hard work? You bet. Do you have to overcome some of your own prejudices to make AMO work for you? Absolutely. But rather than being another program that rah rah shish tries to get you emotionally excited only to offer unclear methods, AMO shows you how to design profitable ads step-by-step through a unique, never-before-tested formula. The founder, Steve Piper is a data-loving, formula-driven author who escaped the kingdom of Amazon to build a platform for himself where he sold directly to his readers and built a loyal following. With Ammo, you know who's reading your books, how to contact them, and what they want to read next. If you've always been frustrated with Amazon's wall of mystery of not knowing who's reading your books, of losing 50 to 70% of the hard earned money you make through book sales. Ammo solves all of those problems by putting you in the driver's seat and showing you how to fulfill your books directly to your readerships. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. For as long as I can remember, I have had a give no ground mentality. And in so many ways, I think that that has benefited me in my life, professionally, uh, romantically, in friendships, in every way. Give no ground has been a really good mentality for me. And then there are times where you have to give ground because it's impossible to move forward. Um, The United States won World War II, I think that's pretty much undisputed, with their allies. But anyways, the point is there were battles that they had to retreat in Uh, the North during the civil war, the United States again, uh, because that's where I'm from. So those are my reference points. Um, Had to give a lot of ground before they eventually uh, defeated the South. I don't think anybody expected us to win that war. And so I think even in conflicts and battles, which I think of this life as being very conflict oriented and a lot like a battle. Oftentimes, uh, even if you want to hold your ground, sometimes giving ground is the best thing. And why am I saying this? Because I've had to make a difficult decision. And that decision is based on the fact that I'm running out of time. It's uh, a time versus money battle I gave myself three years with the financial situation that I was fortunate enough to have through my rental properties and uh, my real estate investments. And we're coming to the end of that. This is TRBM a podcast for authors who are serious about earning a full-time living selling books to readers. I'm the host, Jody J. Sperling, and each episode, I'll share with you practical tips on marketing and selling your books. And I won't hold anything back. Sometimes I fail. Every time I do, you'll know it. Sometimes I succeed. And when I do, I'll give you my step-by-step replay so you can succeed too. Thanks for listening. I probably have about seven months left before there's no money. And I will admit that one of the things that I miscalculated was that in seven months, I'll just have no money. And that's actually not an option when you're raising a family. So I need to realistically give myself about two months to land somewhere. That means in five months, I either have to completely turn this ship around and start to go positive with my business from uh the podcast and my books and my other endeavors, which pretty much is just the books and the podcast, or I have to find something else to do. Pardon me if you hear my kids, they've decided to come upstairs and play right now. So that's part of the reality of being, you know, a dad working at home, <laughs> but I have to turn things around and find profitability or I got to go back and get a W-2. Some people will be like, oh, wow, so sad. Everybody out here has to do it. But remember, give no ground. I took this step out to do something in as much faith as I possibly could. And when it comes to these moments, I think a lot of people can be fairly... um old and calculated and just be like, that's part of life. You got to do what you got to do. Um, but nobody ever says that about pursuing your dreams. Nobody ever says, if you have a dream, it's part of life that you've got to pursue it and do everything you can. And you should feel devastated if you don't succeed the way that you had hoped to see right now, my story, if it were to end, if I were to just drop dead during this podcast, I'd be a failure. I would have failed to achieve my dreams and my hopes and my goals. And I don't know if there's anybody listening right now who's in that place where they can relate and think, boy, I've put everything out there that I know how to do. Could I have made different choices? Could I have prolonged this period by eating only ramen and bagels and cream cheese? maybe definitely yes i could have i could have really tightened up the budget and done some things differently i could have even chosen not to uh do things like advertising which obviously when you're spending money and not making as much back as you're spending or even just breaking even um, the mathematics of that can make things go a little bit faster for you um in in the you know downward direction okay so this is a fairly short episode today um But all that's going to change as far as you're aware is that this podcast for a period of time is going to go from two episodes a week to one episode a week. I'm going to continue to do my Wednesday interviews. Uh, I still want to build that audience. And I still think that ammo is my best shot at making a run at this. If I'm going to get profitable in a meaningful way, it's going to be through ammo. But what that means is that I need a lot More books than I currently have. I was resistant to this idea. In fact, I've been fighting it a little bit because I. I I really value the kind of authors who take their time to write deeply rich, layered books. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Reading McCarthy, and that might not be the exact title of the podcast, but I listen to every episode, and it's a professor who wrote his dissertation on Cormac McCarthy, somebody who loves all of his work, The Road, The Border Trilogy, No Country for Old Men. If you haven't heard of All the Pretty Horses, um, I don't know where you've been listening to a podcast about writing, I think that those books are probably all fairly uh, notable works. And and McCarthy just recently passed, uh, sadly. He was old. He lived a rich life. So, you know, it was coming. But um, anyways, he published The Passenger most recently in Stella Maris. I connected deeply with Stella Maris. I need to go back and read The Passenger. And now I've gotten off on a tangent. Cormac is known to be uh, sort of the heir apparent of William Faulkner, uh, he he. I don't think was ever quite as flowery with his prose, so I don't know. I mean, it's more like the Southern style, the Southern Gothic. I think is what makes them sort of similar. But he's known for having written deeply, richly layered books. You can read The Road one time and just be like, "Man, that's a great father-son story at the end of time, and it's heartbreaking and amazing and hopeful, and all of the things that you would want." And you can read it a second time and see it as a critique of humanity's treatment of the environment. And you can go back and read it another time and see it as a critique of humanity's treatment of raising children. There are just so many layers to that book. And um, I was actually thinking about this in terms of he was a bit of a father to me in a literary sense, in that when I wrote... uh, The Nine Lives of Marvin Delonghi, if you've read the book, uh, I I know you'll know that the ending is um, left to interpretation, even more so before I started uh, writing the follow-up books in the series. It was never meant to be uh, a series. Uh, It was always supposed to be a standalone book. And I did that because at the end of the road, there is a very uncertain ending. And I think I so admire that. I wanted to write a book that, uh, embodied that same sort of question and dilemma. What kind of person are you, how do you view the ending? And I think that if I did my job, even 50% correctly, when you get to the end of the nine lives of Marvin DeLonghi, you have to ask yourself the question, uh, what, what happens? Is this a happy ending? Is this a sad ending? Uh, and, and I think that it talks a lot or tells you a lot about who you are as a person in your life. When you meet the, the book, um, and there were other elements. I was definitely critiquing um, feminism from both sides, saying that some of feminism to me feels really silly and some of feminism is long overdue for men to embrace it. Um, it was a book that took me five years to write, and I'm really proud of the book. And some people feel like it, it it's overworked, and it has gotten plenty of critiques from from readers. I don't think I did a perfect job with it, and I think in an enjoyment sense, I like the Eight Ball Magic of Suzy Q, which is the follow up to the Nine Lives of Marvin Longhi. I like it better as a read. It reads easier, uh, it's faster paced, but it's also more depthy with like character development. I didn't want to have to write so fast. I was resistant to it because even though Cormac had a a large volume of books over his career compared to some literary writers, uh, he was still producing slowly. I mean, I'll soon have written as many books as Cormac McCarthy published in his life. And so that to me feels like I'm giving in to the commercial impulse. I love reading commercial books, but there was just this, this academic, I came up through that environment. Many of the books that, that made me fall in love with literature were all those things. I wanted to take my time and write more layered books. What I'm going to do is I'm going to write as many fun, engaging, interesting, great books as I possibly can, but I'm going to spend less time layering them. I'm going to outline everything. I'm going to be ruthless about trying to make these things entertaining. Entertaining as possible. I feel like I'm almost like sabotaging myself by telling you that I'm not going to write books that are less like literary merit. But um, <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, another author that I admire and I think did an amazing job, and somebody that I'm thinking of right now is Ian Fleming in writing the the James Bond novels. Um, for one, I adore the James Bond novels. If you've never read them, don't say you know James Bond because the movies resemble james bond about as much as spaghetti resembles uh ashoe chicken it's a great chinese dish they're both delicious but they're not the same thing that's how much uh, the movies james bond resembles the books the books are amazing they're fantastic and ian fleming notably and publicly said that he wrote for money He would go away in the summertime, he would write a James Bond novel, he would give it to his publisher, and the the machine would go make him all of his money. He was was really mercenary about it. He wasn't trying to write a great piece of literature, and yet he did. He managed to pull something out of himself from the depths of himself that was so profound that you couldn't... uh, escape this deep meaning of his character and the situations that, that that Bond would would get into. Great critiques on society. And so I believe that you can, in this sense, have your cake and eat it too. I believe that you can do something amazing, but be mercenary and ruthless and think about making money. And my best path to money right now is more books, more books on Amazon, more books in my bookstore, more books everywhere to try to get readers and to get everything to align for me. So for the next foreseeable future, I'm going to be tripling down on my writing. I'm going to be spending every spare moment I can writing more books. I've had a lot of stuff uh, in the vault that I'm going to work on. I also have the Luke and time mysteries, which need to be finished. I've only written um, two and a half of the Luke and time mysteries mysteries. And that's a nine book series. So I'm going to march through as much of that as I possibly can. And also try to keep it fresh by putting out other standalone projects that I have. Um One I'm really looking forward to developing is a book called Kidnapping George Clooney. I don't know if George Clooney will continue to be the one that's kidnapped. That's how I wrote it. Um, Probably will, I think. Uh, but I've got a friend, Shane, who has recently been on his podcast, who's reading an early draft of that book. And we're going to see if it's workable. Uh Buckshot Blast and the Goldfish Getaway is a book that I wrote uh, a while ago. Love that book. Wrote it very quickly, but um definitely had something to say with it. My friend Heather is reading that book. So that one will probably be out soon. And I'm just going to get everything I can. The stories of bogey was my, my thesis for my master's program. And uh, it's literary. I always assumed that I would hold on to it and publish it with a small press that, you know, have that sort of academic prestige, but I'm just going to publish it because it's good enough to publish. Um, yes. I did just use a comb on my cheek, but it's because if I scratch, yeah, anyways, it's not as good. So I, I keep a comb handy to, s- to scratch my face. If it gets itchy. You didn't know that about me. Now you do. After all this time, who would have thought, we'd come to this moment. It feels like a massive failure. I have been proud of myself to be able to juggle two podcast episodes a week, um, even if some of them are a little bit shorter. I still think I've been publishing faster than many writers, uh, writing faster than many writers, but not fast enough. And the podcast has taken too much away from my ability to focus on my books. I'm even going to be stepping back from social media a little bit, really taking as much out of my day as possible. <clears throat> challenging myself to write as much as possible um, that in and of itself can be difficult because the brain and creative spurts uh, is, is a tough one to handle. So thank you very much for, for listening to this podcast. Those of you who are faithfuls from the beginning, this isn't a forever thing. I don't think, um, I think I'll get back to doing two episodes. I actually at one point was really hoping to be doing like three episodes a week um, and having a producer produce the podcast and and growing. <clears throat> So with all of that in mind, let's go ahead and land this ship for now. Um, if for any reason you feel compelled to try to help this journey along, if you haven't bought one of my books, now is a great time. Every single episode of this podcast in link I will have, or in the show notes, I will have links to my best deals. So you can get right now six books from my collection collection. Uh, two of them are pre-orders, but you can get six books for just $19.99. That's, I don't think you can find that deal just about anywhere. They are truly good books. You can get two signed paperbacks. Uh, it comes to $22 after taxes, uh, and, and shipping. You can get two audiobooks for $14.99. That's cheaper than two credits of Audible. And they are really good. They're read by XC Sands. You just recently heard an episode of her reading the first six chapters. So if there are things that you want to do to help me get this turned around, and make it profitable, and get this podcast back to two episodes sooner, um, buy a book, share this with other people, let them know you know an author who's done some great work and you would love them to give it a, a look. There are things you can do to help But right now, I'm not selling enough books. I need to sell more books. And the best way to sell more books is to have more books out there. Gosh, I'm embarrassed. Take care. We will talk to you again this Wednesday with a great interview. And uh, every Wednesday going forward.